know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you spending some time with us on this Monday. Mm -hmm. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B and J-Mac are also on tap to help us navigate the show. J-Mac has got us up and running with the whole uh, digital video thing. So mm -hmm. I think that that's happening at, uh, at Facebook and um, at YouTube, at least for now. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know if by the end of the show, like whatever. It's probably got one of those... Uh, it's probably got one of those uh, COVID sticker things on it. Mm. Even if, oh, because I just said it. So it's yeah, probably right, got one yep, of those yep. stickers on it. You'll they see put it. That you on know. everything. It's on there. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's like a nutritional label. <laughs> it's on everything. Uh, anyway, so you can check that out if, you, uh, if you're interested. And then also we'll get around to taking some phone calls today uh, in the last segment of the show. So make sure you stick around for that. Sherry B will help us execute that. We've got a few announcements that we want to let our listeners know about because we've got uh, an October. Uh, by design challenge and then also we've got a date night that is coming up in november yes and so we want to make sure that our listeners are aware of that so you can come out and have a good time with us um hopefully be encouraged and be challenged um that marriage is worth uh fighting for but um it's also worth celebrating yes you know we don't have to always talk about um only because we will talk about it but we don't have to <laughs> only talk about uh, what we are standing against as we contend and hold the line uh, until the return of our Lord. Uh, but we also celebrate uh, what he has given us, that it's good and it's right and it's true, and that his idea is good. Mm. His idea is good. Amen. You know. So anyways, uh, Will the Great, what about some more information on that? Yeah, um, so we have the October challenge by design. It's the daddy-daughter date night. And so uh, it reads to, uh, to the dad's who have a, have a daughter, we want to encourage you to ask her out on a date this month. The best example our children have concerning a, a godly marriage is watching the, the married couple uh, that they live with. Uh, mm -hmm. It says, do you want your daughter to know what kind of husband to desire and, uh, and men to avoid? The best way is uh, living a life of reverence and repentance before her daily yeah. And it helps to take her on dates from time to time as she grows. So the challenge is for dads to take their daughters out on a date. And I have two of them. So <laughs> does that mean I have to do it separately or that we can all go together? I was going to ask you that. I was going to ask, are you going to do like a double date or are you going to take them each individually? I can tell you what they would like. What would they like? They would like each in their own date. Really? I, well, I, now listen. How do you know that? Because I, I know your daughters. Now, <laughs> I, I will tell you this, though. I will tell you this. Uh -huh. um, if I'm wrong, I'll say it publicly. Okay. If I'm right, we'll never talk about it again, <laughs> which will be the kind of, you know, the clue in. Uh, but I, if, I, if I had to peg them, I would say that each will want her own individual date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, which but, is good. So I think one something that's coming up is the the mommy like uh, son day night. Is that coming up? 
I, I think that may be coming up in the future. So that means wow, you have I got to go on four. four? Man. Are you going to take uh, them all at one time? Or? No, because that's not going to be a date for me. No, that's not. I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll. I'll. <laughs> JD will probably want to go by himself. So I'll take JD. <laughs> right? Or I'll have JD ask me out. I think the, I think the sons need to ask the moms out on a date. I'm not going up to JD to ask him out on a date. <laughs> well, and I guess mean, what? I'm, well, why not? And because that's just not how things are done. <laughs> and guess what? JD oh, better man. ask me out on a date and he's going to pay for it. Well, he could. <laughs> he could. And so guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to get him ready. I want to get him ready. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, I don't know where I want to eat. I don't know. And, oh, and then when he starts picking places, I'm going to say, mm, no, I don't feel like that. Yeah. Mm, I don't feel like that. I just yeah. want him to be ready for marriage. That would be and then when up. That's right. we get to the very last, you know, possible choice, I'm going to say, maybe that steakhouse. There's a new steakhouse. <laughs> Over there. I just want him to be ready. I want him to know what he's getting into. Man, so wow, anyways, wow. Um, yeah, that, now <laughs> Sam Witt and Nathaniel, I will ask them out because they don't understand. <laughs> and I'll take them together because they don't understand. What about Timmy? I'll take Timmy by myself. <laughs> take take oh, Timmy on the best date goodness. of his life. Um, I'll pick nap time and I'll just drive around. <laughs> talk to him about life. Anyways, uh, yes. that's great. That's fun. And hopefully um, our listeners um, will will take us up on that challenge. I've, I've seen some of the uh, challenges uh, that have been posted online, and, and mm-hmm. I think it's been really cool. I saw one of our listeners, one of our, our brothers, Ken, and his wife, Alicia, they actually uh, took the date night challenge and uh, went skating, mm. which I feel like that should count as two challenges. Right. Well, for if, me, it I mean, would. Man, come on. Like, you're not only going out on a date, but broken you're leg challenge. putting your life in peril. <laughs> <laughs> the broken leg challenge. Anyways, um, but, so uh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, but also to show that you participated in this, we would love for you to post your picture on our By Design Facebook page. You can do hashtag daddy daughter date night. So if you search that's for fun. By Design, you should find us there. And also you alluded to the um, the date night. <laughs> the mm-hmm. MFL date night that's coming up uh, that will be happening November 9th uh, from 630 to 830 p.m. at the Robinson Center in Little Rock, Arkansas. If you need more information, just go to marriagefamilylife.net and make sure you register because we need to know how many people uh, are going to attend. And so that's that's happening November 9th uh, in Little Rock, Arkansas. So yeah. register now. All right, let's get into the thick of it and look at where we're going on today's show. Uh, the title of the show is Alarm Has Reached the Village. Alarm Has Reached the Village. Um, yeah. Kind of a few meanings there. Uh, okay. You know, you talk about a, a watchman who is on the wall, who um, has the vantage point of being able to look uh, you know, far off and see when there's trouble coming and then you know, run to alert the vi- the village, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are we are at the place now where the alarm has reached the village. And mm. I mean, and the watchmen may still be there, but largely you've got the villagers who are like scrambling and saying, oh, my goodness, can you can you imagine that this is happening? We're right here, which I think is a good thing. Mm. I think it's a good thing that people are um, finally having their eyes opened and not backing down and understanding yeah. that those who have power, what they ultimately want to do is subjugate you with that power. Mm. Like we, you know, you talk about this and, and you think maybe, but not in America, but I think as we see it happening, um, the alarm has finally reached the village. Yeah. And so, and what you'll hear us say as we kind of bat this about uh, during the program today is that it doesn't mean that because, um, you know, you're facing 
um, the strong arm of the government that you stop standing up for what is right. It means you got to lean in all the more. Right. It means that you got to keep pressing. Um, Don't don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid because the response shows that what you had been doing is making a difference. Mm. (laughs) If it didn't if it didn't make a difference, if it didn't matter, then you don't need the DOJ saying that you're a threat. Right. The fact that the DOJ is saying that you're a threat is showing that what you're doing matters. So for all the people like, "Mm, I don't know, what's it really going to do if we get involved? Let's just stay at home. We need to, you know, and and I want to be careful when I say this, because I I want people to understand. I want people to understand that prayer is powerful and that is not a throwaway. Prayer is doing. We've done shows on this. Prayer is doing. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, you understand that in prayer, the Lord gives you instruction. That's right. He also tells you what to then go do after you've done the praying. Right. Right, right. And so now you've got these parents in mass showing up and saying, no, man. I mean, those are our kids, man. Mm. Like you can't have my babies, you Mm. know. And so this has caused such an alarm that the strength of the federal government has been called out. But it's (laughs) not just the mm -hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. It's not just the, the strength of the federal government for sake of, you know, government sake. It is it is also that you've got some very selfish people who are catering to the needs of their own family members. Mm. You remember on Friday or maybe it was Thursday. It's all just days to me. You remember us talking about this panorama organization, this panorama organization that was linked to A.G. uh, Merrick Garland, uh, the founder and the president or one of the co-founders and the president of it uh, is Zan Tanner, who just happens to be married to Merrick Garland's daughter. And you you'll remember uh, us saying that uh, this organization seemed to be big into pushing critical race theory. Mm -hmm. Well, what's interesting about that is that when the Daily Mail, the article that I referred to last week, when the Daily Mail reached out to Panorama asking specifically if the school or if the organization favored um, pushing critical race theory on schools in either of their questionnaires or, you know, whatever it is that they do to help schools. We don't really know. (laughs) I think it's data mining, but we don't really know. Um, Panorama said no. Panorama said that they're, quote, not affiliated with any particular academic philosophy, including critical race theory. Now, that's interesting because today there is more information out, or at least over the weekend, I'm presenting it to you today. But over the weekend, there is more information out that that actually is a lie. (gasps) (laughs) We can't believe Panorama lied to us. You know what I think of when I think of Panorama? Like, okay, because I I kind of I'm a little bit animated in my mind. Mm -hmm. But I get this picture of um, I get this this picture of Merrick Garland's daughter uh, kind of coming up to him and, and saying, Daddy, Daddy, <laughs> have you heard all of these parents? She kind of spits it out. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like she doesn't even want to say it. You know, yeah. all of these parents are going down to the school boards and they're speaking out against what we want to teach them. And well, you know, Zan. And his company, you know, this is going to affect his bottom line. And Mm -hmm. so I just get this picture of of uh, A.G. Garland saying, we'll take care of it, daddy, daddy, uh, daughter. It's like a it's like a um, what's it? It's like Veruca Salt. You guys remember Veruca Salt from um, Golden Goose? Here we go again. All right, sweetheart. All right. Daddy will get you a golden goose as soon as we get home. No, I want one of those. Bonka. How much do you want for the golden goose? They're not for sale. Name your price. She can't have one. Who says I can't? The man with a funny hat. I want one. I want a golden goose. Gooses. 
geeses. <laughs> I want my geese to lay gold eggs for Easter. It will, sweetheart. At least a hundred a day. Anything you say. And by the way, what? I want a feast. You yes. Ate before you Don't came you to remember the it? I want a bean feast. I remember it. One of those. Hey, listen. The crazy thing about this is that this is this is like I don't mean for this to minister to us, right? But you remember Wonka is like they're not for sale. And he's very cool and he's very mm-hmm. calm. He's very collected about it all while the daughter goes on this rampage, uh, you know, throughout the chocolate factory, just destroying things. But you remember how she's like, if I don't get it now, I'm going to scream. I kind of feel like that's what Attorney General um, Merrick Garland has done for his daughter. It's like, you know mm-hmm. what you need to do? You need to put an end to all of these parents showing up at the local school board. You need to do whatever it takes to get this done. Well, not only has uh, Merrick Garland done that and enlisting the help of the Department of Justice. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Y'all, where do we live? Hey, like, like the, where do we question. live? That's a great question. Okay. So, so not only is there that, but mm-hmm. there is also the revelation that in fact, Panorama Education co-founded by Alexander Zantanner. Okay. He goes by Zan, Zantanner, um, the husband of Merrick Garland's daughter. Mm-hmm. Not only is there that, but there's also the information that Panorama Education actually is pushing critical race theory, actually is pushing and normalizing what is commonly called systemic racism and yep. its resources to public schools. So, I mean, you could be shocked by it or you could just say, of course, we already knew that. Right, here, right. <laughs> here is the article here. Mm-hmm. Um, an education company co-founded by attorney General Merrick Garland's son-in-law issued a resource for teachers this year that claims supporters of former President Donald Trump are white supremacists. <gasps> that, that is, yeah. <laughs> Goose, geeses. <laughs> the educational workshop released by Panorama Education, co-founded by Zan Tanner. Mm-hmm. Uh, revolves around systemic racism and includes an article as a resource that states the Ku Klux Klan and attendees of Trump rallies are both examples of white supremacy. Desi, I want an Oopaloopa now. (laughs) Shut this all down. We've got an agenda. There are things that we are teaching and these parents are not allowing it. They're they're standing in the way of the success of our company. You'll have one. You'll have one, Veruca. (laughs) <laughs> the 2021 workshop in question from the group titled SEL as social justice dismantling white supremacy within systems and self <laughs> includes a portion of resources for teachers, one of which links to a medium article. Now, on the other side of the break, we're going to go into the medium article. What is what is this article? How white supremacy lives in our schools. Wait, but I thought you guys weren't teaching CRT. Mm. All right, Erin the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. Panorama Education, helping schools out, helping schools out <laughs> sure. with, um, you know, systemic racism, mm-hmm. um, but not but not critical race theory, though, not critical race theory. <laughs> we help with systemic racism, but it's not critical race theory. So don't think that, you know, we've received any special treatment 
please don't think that we benefit from the strong arm of the Department of Justice. Like, that's not what's happening because what we do is not under threat. Like, when parents Mm -hmm. show up at school boards and they start talking about not wanting their kids to be taught that they are the oppressors or that they are oppressed, let's remember that parents are speaking out on both sides. Okay, so this is a problem. So parents are speaking out on both sides. You've got parents saying, no, you will not teach my kid that he or she is oppressed. No, you will not. You are not going to tell my kid that there are just certain things that you can't do because black. Right. And then there are other other parents who are showing up and saying, you will not teach my kid that they are oppressor. You will not teach my kid that there are certain things they're guilty of because white. So on both sides, you've got this going on. Right. Um, But then you've got Panorama that says, yeah, but, you know, look, we are not teaching critical race theory. We just provide resources. Um, (laughs) Man, we provide resources for building workshops that use information from articles entitled how white supremacy lives in our schools. Not at all CRT, (laughs) not at all. All right. This article, how white supremacy lives in our schools, which was presented by the group Panorama Mm -hmm. as a workshop. Okay. For public schools. All right. Was written by a man. I want to say a man. I think so. I want to say a man. You know, I didn't see any pronouns in there. Um, (laughs) thought it was a man but now that i'm saying i'm not sure so by an individual named alta garcia montilla a self-described freedom dreamer facilitator and strategist committed to dismantling oppressive systems mm. Mm, okay the, <laughs> it's not crt though me. at yeah, all at know, all you know. and let me tell you something too because i feel like where you're going <clears throat> i feel like where you're going will mm-hmm. is that you may be tempted to think that this also has a little ring of marxism it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't okay i'm just gonna tell you that okay. right now okay <clears throat> so back to the article here mm-hmm. is the article that um alta garcia mantilla wrote quote and and the title of the article <clears throat> excuse me the title of the article is how white supremacy lives in our schools okay that's the title of the article here you go excerpts from the article the rise in images of overt white supremacy in the media feeds into the confusion about white supremacy this is mantilla i'm quoting while the Ku Klux Klan and MAGAs, MAGAs <laughs> at half empty Trump rallies, not that these are mutually exclusive groups. They are not mutually exclusive wow. groups. Okay. The Ku Klux Klan and people who participate in Trump rallies are not mutually exclusive groups. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Okay. They are, in fact, examples of white supremacy. They wait, let me go. Let me let me read this again because I I cut my own self off. Okay, here we go. While the Ku Klux Klan and MAGA at half Trump, half empty Trump rallies, not that these are mutually exclusive groups, are, in fact, examples of white supremacy. They are not the only examples. So this this article that was used as a resource for a workshop Mm -hmm. is saying and I think people are smart enough to get this. I don't I don't even need to run a highlighter over this. They're saying that people who attend Trump rallies and the Ku Klux Klan are one and the same. Right. These are the same people. These are examples of white supremacy, but those examples are not the only examples. The article went on to say that murderous police officers were examples of white supremacy Mm. and claimed that white supremacy is everywhere, pertinent and pervasive, woven into the fabric of our society and reflected in every institution and organization in the U.S., including schools, end quote. Hold on a second. That is actually full stop critical race theory. 
Like there's there's not even a question. The idea that systems that Western systems are broken, that you cannot eradicate racism, that it just um, manifests itself in different iterations. It never goes away. It's insidious. It always comes back in various manifestations. That is almost textbook definition of critical race theory. Remember, it comes out of critical theory. It comes out of Marxism. It is neo or new Marxism. Mm -hmm. So the idea that you can't change systems, the only way to fix it is to destroy it. That is what critical race theory is. And how do you build your case? And uh, guys, go with me for a second here, not to go down the rabbit trail of CRT, but to make sure that you understand. The reason that this is important is because if you paint a picture that every institution in our society and our culture is broken, then you have the case made to destroy it, to tear it down, to remake it. You, you can't fix it. You have to remake it. So, again, this is in the article that serves as a resource for a workshop for schools who consult with Panorama Education. But it's not critical race theory, though. It's not. It's probably not critical race theory. And probably A.G. Garland is not coming to the aid of his daughter using the Department of Justice. I mean, that I don't know if you can be more Veruca Saltish. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know if that and, and here's the thing. And so, you know, not only are parents recognizing this and, and resolving that they're going to continue showing up. Mm -hmm. But, man, you've also got lawmakers who are looking at this and saying, hold up just a second here. I mean, this definitely seems like uh, a conflict of interest to me. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, like, think about this. It's not it's not a threat. It's not intimidation for parents to show up and say, Hold on a second. We want to have input in what our kids are learning. We don't want them to be taught that they are perpetual victims. We don't want our kids to be taught that they are guilty simply because of the color of their skin. So but now this becomes a threat in the context of a culture that is moving headlong toward Marxism. That is moving headlong toward government control, state control. And you've you've got to train people to participate in this form of government. And guys, this is what I believe has been happening for a long time with our children. It's undeniable. Look, you we were talking about this just last night with our children. We are trying to raise children who understand that it's OK to be individuals. Mm -hmm. Now, this does not mean that we push back against the body of Christ. God has given us a beautiful bride mm -hmm. to be a part of a beautiful body to be a part of. Um, there is a benefit for all of us involved, right? All of us benefit from being a part of the bride of Christ. But I want you to understand what we have done for far too long. It's been generations of this. We have reared kids who needed to be approved of by the masses. Yeah. We called it popularity. We use this in the description of success for our kids in their presence. Let me say it again. We use popularity Popularity as a description of success in the presence of our kids. So what we did was we reinforced that what we value is their popularity. Mm. It sounded something like this. Oh, man, she's doing so well. So many people like her. She's so popular down at the school. She's got a lot of friends. She's real popular. A lot of people like her. She was voted this for this court. She received this accolade for that. And she just, I mean, she's got a lot of friends and people like her and she's real popular. 
And so our kids begin to normalize that. Our kids be- believe that that's a measure of success yeah. for them, that they are well liked, that that people are all clamoring to be in their orbit, like yeah. they just want to be around them. And so we begin to push that as our uh, as as normative for our kids. And so then what we do <laughs> is we push our kids right into the corner where mm-hmm. the Marxists want them. Right. Don't go. Don't be on. Don't be disliked. And the thing is, we push that. But then on the other side, we say we want them to be disciples of Christ, which is the opposite of, you know, wanting to be popular and are going to be popular. You, you're not going to be popular. You know, so on one side, we we're like, no, we want them to be, you know, in the in crowd or to be popular. But then on the other side, we say we want them to be a disciple of Christ, which in its essence, you will not be popular in this no, world. No. And, and so what we, what we think really is want? that we can do a mashup. <laughs> Mm. We think we can do a mashup. We think mm. we can just have popular followers of Christ. Not peace, but a sword. That's mm. what he said he came to bring. Not peace, but a sword. Right. This this feels almost like a conflict. But when you understand the context of that and what Jesus Christ is saying about himself mm-hmm. is that belief, belief of of who he is or belief in who he is will drop a hammer. It will bring down an axe. It mm. will separate people. Yeah. There's no um, happy medium. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because because when you come down to the claims of Christ and and, and the declaration that he made about himself, Mm. those truth claims about who he is, the exclusivity of what Christianity is, when you put that up against what is popular and what is collectively normative, you will find you will find that there will be a divide necessarily. So, yeah, there's going to have to be a divide. I was thinking about something and just talking to the kids this morning um, and, and talking to them about wisdom. And I was thinking about how the word of God and the wisdom of God that um, that the Lord has not left us to just sort of make things up on our own. And, and, and basically, I'm going to tie this all up here, that there is a clear call for parents today. Um, I think we used to be able to say, you know, we can just be a little tacit. We can. But no, there's a there's a clear call here because the forces of evil are not hiding themselves anymore Hmm. like think about that like you know when you get to the point like you know how um when you think that your win is certain you know you can you can almost like you can show all your hand like you don't try to keep you know you you know what i mean like when you're trying to use strategy and you don't know and 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 it's still there it's still anybody's game so to speak excuse the expression but but when (laughs) you're certain you're just like i know what i got it's it's i got it and and i feel like we're at that place in culture Mm. where you've got people in positions of power who understand the power they have. They've made people very afraid. They've made people very afraid. They have, they have normalized fear in the heart of Americans, mm. even Christians. And it's interesting. Willa great. And I were talking about this yesterday. It's crazy that fear has become such a part, a part of our culture mm-hmm. when for Christians, we actually had a built in defense against that because the Lord said to us that he had not given us That's a spirit right. of fear, right. but of power and of love and a sound mind. Mm. So that means you're not vacillating back and forth. You're like not afraid, right? You're like, no, we already have our orders. We know what it is that God has called us to do. And yet what we're seeing is we're seeing Christians live as if they don't have power, love, and a sound mind. So how have we gotten here? How have we gotten here? Um, here Here is my commentary as far as how we've gotten here. Our faith is a living faith. Right. And our faith is built on the expectation that as we go, we would live it out. And if you look at the Old Testament, you can see that this were true 
uh, for the people of God. You could see that God revealed himself to his people. He revealed himself to his people and he did this in incredible ways, right? Like, I mean, there's this one passage that just like is so striking to me in Deuteronomy where the Lord says that there is no God like him. So this is in Deuteronomy chapter four. Um, and, and <laughs> this is, this is before the restating of the Decalogue. This is live by the commands of God, like do these things. And you'll see that there's kind of a progression here, but this is in Deuteronomy chapter four, verse 33. Did any people ever hear the voice of a God speaking out of the midst of the fire as you have heard and still live? Or has any God ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation by trials, uh, by signs, by wonders and by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and by great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. So in other words, man, and excuse the expression, it's I hate to say it this way, but God shows indisputably his godness. I don't know. There's got to be a better way to say it. Wish I were a <laughs> theologian, but he shows that he is God and, and, and there is no other like him. Right. But then God goes a step further and says, now remember that I have shown you that I'm God. So now you live the way I tell you to live. You live the way I tell you to live, but it doesn't stop there. It goes a step further. You live the way I tell you to live. And then you're going to get to the point, And this is Deuteronomy chapter six, chapter six, verse 20. When your sons ask you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. What's my mm -hmm. point? My point is God having proven himself to a group of people mm -hmm. were commanded to live a certain way before him that not only they would honor him, but they would provoke even around them, right? Like not only the other nations, but to their children, to their children. Why are we doing these things? Why are we saying no to ungodliness? Mm -hmm. Why do we believe that God's design for the family put the father as the head? Why, why do we believe that? Mm -hmm. Why are we committed to our marriages? Why are we doing all of these things? And what was supposed to be the response is because God is God. This is what he has done for us. He has proven himself to be God. He has revealed himself to us as God, and he is worthy of complete and total submission. You know what it's similar to? It's similar to a New Testament context. You think of Peter's first letter. In Peter's first letter, he spends a lot of time saying that we are a peculiar people, that we're different, Right. First Peter chapter one, first Peter chapter two, he's telling us we need to live holy and separate lives. Remember, this is not your home. Live different, live different or differently. First Peter chapter three, then, hey, submit to authority. Wives, honor your husbands. All of this is, 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 is carving out for you this difference that you possess. You're, you're a different people. You are a chosen people, right? Like a royal priesthood. You're a different people. And then you get to first Peter chapter three, verse 15. And then what happens? Then after having done all of that, there's a question that is provoked. Why are y'all doing that? Why, why are y'all doing that? And then what's Peter's response to the question? Be ready to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. So in our culture, we have failed to hold the line. So our kids have seen inconsistent living coming from us. You add to that that we have entrusted them to people who don't share our values mm. and don't fear God yeah. as we fear God. Yeah. 
And so they have walked away confused. And so how do we get to the place in our country where we are now, where there is such a rapid decline? How do how did we get to this place? It's because we have not only not lived in front of them the right fear of God, but we haven't even been provoked to give the reason. Like there's there's no even asking of the question because we haven't lived the way God has prescribed for us to live. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will open the phone lines when we get back. Stay right there. That's the number if you want to chat with us today. 888-589-8840. Sherry V is over in Studio CC and she'll get your calls queued up for us. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will and that's Crowder with Good God Almighty. Also, we appreciate J-Mac helping us navigate Mm -hmm. the show. Alarm has reached the village. Alarm has reached the village. What remains for us to do? Well, for the faithful for those who are called um, by the Lord, for those who have entered into relationship with the Lord, we got to get back to the basics. Mm. If ever there were a um, practical application to all of the news headlines that we see, um, and it's playing out right in front of us, actually, yeah. you don't even have to be spiritually deep to see it. It's the requirement of parents to do their job. Mm. That's yep. that's what's yep. going on right now. It is it's parents doing their job that is upsetting the system. Yeah. Do you understand? The thought has long been, oh, we got your children. You guys will die out, but we got your children. So eventually we'll create the kind of country that we want to live in. Right. We have an idea. We have a direction that we want to go in and we're going to get there with the young and spry among us. But now parents have thrown a wrench in that and they have shown up and they've said, no, no, you can't have our kids. Now, look, Hmm. that's fine as a starting point. But can I tell you, if a parent shows up, if a parent goes down to the school board and shows up and stops the proliferation of critical race theory, yet their child doesn't hear the gospel, mm. um, like yeah. what? Yeah. Like, like you understand? So if you if you show up, if you go down to the school board and you stop the proliferation of LGBTQIA plus doctrine, and your kids are not exposed to that, like let's say they rip it from textbooks today. And then you take and breathe a sigh of relief. You're like, whew, well, we dodged that. But you don't you don't create in your home an environment where you live for the glory of God in front of your kids. You submit to the tenets of our faith. You where the Bible is prescriptive. You live it out Mm -hmm. where the Bible issues clear warnings. You uh, heed those warnings. And then in so doing, provoke the question, why? Why, mom, why, why, why do we do this? Mom, why don't you do that? Mom, why don't you, dad, why don't you do that? Why aren't we going there? Why don't we do that? Why don't we say that? Why, 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 why? If you don't do that, then you've only made a cultural change, which is not eternal. So the clarion call is when the alarm reaches the village and people start moving, let your movements be eternal. Let the steps that you take, not just be those temporary steps that, you know, stop the advancement or the proliferation of critical race theory. Because your kid could dodge that, mm. right? But man, if they don't come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> what about eternity? Yeah. 
They yeah. haven't dodged the biggest thing, yeah. if you will. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Alarm has reached the village. Um, and, and it's amazing because parents are showing up. My encouragement is for parents to keep showing up, um, but also do those things that are eternal. Mm. Don't just win here, you know, like do those things that are eternal. Amen. All right. Well, the great, where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Timothy in Oklahoma. Hi, Timothy. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Uh, my comment is regarding, uh, what drives kids away from the gospel, mm. uh, I'm 26 years old, and I came to know Christ four years ago mm. at a life church, and ever since then I came to a Pentecostal holiness church. Um, really, it wasn't a Christian home that I was raised up in, and that could take part in uh, me going away into all the things that I did. Mm-hmm. But usually it's the, it's the reasons for believing what we believe in. Uh, a lot of, I don't know about all parents, but some parents aren't really given a good explanation to their children hey, this is why we believe this, mm-hmm. that it's not just some tradition that we're brought up in. I've had a, an atheist that don't even know me on YouTube. When I had channels on YouTube, they said, well, you're just the way you are because you were raised that way and your parents were Christian. I was like, well, friend, I've practiced witchcraft most of my life, ever since mm. I was like 15. I, I practiced a Wicca, and I went into polytheistic paganism, mm. and I was worshiping demons. And then four years ago, I got saved. Christ came into my life, and I was born again. He, he just took everything away. And there's substance to this faith, mm-hmm. and, and it comes through understanding. God's Word isn't hidden mm-hmm. from us, and we shouldn't act as if we should take it on blind faith. Come or on. that, you know, you should just accept it, um, you know, hands down without asking questions. Lee Strobel, he went the opposite route. The people think it's not safe to ask questions, but Lee Strobel asked questions with honesty in the pursuit mm-hmm. of truth, and he mm-hmm. became a Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So our children should be taught that to the utmost scrutiny, the Bible can be held to the utmost scrutiny, That's and right. so can their faith, and it can stand the heat like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It can stand Come the fire. On. So just teach your children. Don't be afraid. These, this world is going to end, and Jesus said, the heavens shall pass away, and the earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. And I've tested that. I've proven that. And I'm only four years old in Christ, and I could say that his word stands through all Amen. 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 You know, man, glory to God. Timothy, Timothy, thank you so much for calling in. I actually had another article here um, that we thought we would get to. And I I see that time is not going to allow us to go through it fully. But this past weekend, there was the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit. Formerly, it was the Values Voter Summit. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's now called Pray, Vote, Stand. And there was one particular article that came out of this summit that really grabbed my attention. And it was George Barna. Um, talking about the four ways that Christian parents can combat media's influence in their children's lives. I'm going to get quickly to the point here. On this particular panel, it was not only George Barna, but there were two other individuals. uh, And the woman uh, who made a comment that really grabbed my attention was Nancy Percy. Nancy Percy, professor and scholar in residence at Houston Baptist University. And one of the things that she said is that parents and churches have done a poor job of teaching apologetics. It is exactly the point that Timothy is making Percy. This is what she said. She said specifically, anytime you introduce a biblical doctrine, you need to tell people how to defend it. She said, um, apologetics need to be taught from the pulpit. I'll go a step further. I agree with her. 
I agree with her, but I'll go a step further and I'll say it also needs to be taught in our families. We need to be teaching our children that there were witnesses to the resurrection That's of right. Jesus Christ. That's right. That these people were alive and gave testimony. They gave eyewitness testimony that Jesus Christ, who had declared right up until the point that he was crucified, that he was going to rise again. And he did. And people saw him and they talked to him. And we need to be able to say to our kids, if that is true, what does that mean for all of the other claims that he made? Mm. And if he discipled these men who carried the gospel, these torchbearers, if they carried the gospel and they wrote the scriptures as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit of God. And you can see the consistent thread from the Old Testament to New Testament. My favorite term with our kids is cross-reference it. Mm -hmm. God has one message. Cross-reference it. He is consistent in his communication to man. Cross-reference it. And there is something that goes off. There is a light bulb that goes off and you can see it in your kids when you show them something from the Old Testament and then draw a New Testament parallel. Look at what God is still saying. Yeah. <laughs> Look, God is still speaking. Man, our brother is spot on. Mm. Our faith can hold up under the weight of scrutiny. Amen. And I would say to parents, we in fact, we got an email and the question was, man, how do you make those connections? How do you take your kids to scripture? I'll be honest with you. I mean, I'd love to say, Oh, man, the seven hours a day spent in study. No, but it is the reading of the word of God. And it is the reminder of that word by the Holy Spirit in real time when Amen. we're talking to our kids. Amen. Guys, I, I would like to be smarter <laughs> for you. I really would. I'd, I'd like to be more learned and studied. But I can tell you something that the Holy Spirit of God reminds us of the things that we have read. Mm. He gives us total recall, even in parenting. When we're talking to our kids, you have these real time events that happen. And then we've got to try to help our kids make sense of it. You know whose job it is? The Holy Spirit to remind us of the things that we have read. Amen. To remind us of the things that we have heard. The problem is we are not steeping ourselves in the word of God. Now, yes, you can st you can spend several hours and I don't want to downplay. I do spend time studying the word of God. Mm -hmm. But even at a very basic level. It sometimes is a great task or a great obstacle to people's day to just open up the Bible and to go to it for nutrition, mm. to say, I need this. I need your word today, Lord God. We've got to be, and I hate to use the word radical, but man, whatever it is that it took for the proliferation of the gospel from the first century to now, I mean, it can't take any less than that moving forward from here. Yeah. It cannot take any less than that. Yeah. Timothy, thank you for your call. Will the great, I don't know, you, were you going to elaborate on that? No, I was going to say, too, just you, you touched on it. It, it. it takes a life that's willing to be driven by the Holy Spirit. Because the difference maker, when you read in the book of Acts, of what happened with those men, <laughs> was that the Holy Spirit was, was leading and guiding them. And all of the, the miracles and the fervor and all of that was because of the power of the Spirit working through them. Amen. So. Amen. Can I tell you one other thing? And then we'll go to the phone lines. There are times mm -hmm. that we're talking to our kids, even just this morning, even just this morning, we were talking about wisdom versus folly. And um, we were looking at Proverbs 11. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. We were looking at Proverbs 8 and I was looking at wisdom versus folly and looking at how wisdom calls out, but folly calls out and, and folly yells with lies. Mm. Stolen water is sweet. Mm. Folly says that's what the Bible says. <laughs> folly yells out. Wisdom calls out. Folly yells out with lies. Mm. 
Stolen water is sweet and, and bread eaten in secret is good. Lies. Guys, this is what our kids are battling Come today. On. The foolishness of this culture. So, so what did I do? So I, I connected that to, and I, we talked about this with, with our listening audience last week, the TikTok challenge. Mm-hmm. Guys, these, this is folly screaming out and telling lies to our kids. Do you see how when you can, when you can show your kids in real time, look, look, look at the truth of the word of God. Look at the truth of the scriptures on display right now in real time in our culture. And then what? So then I cross-reference. So I look at Romans chapter 8 and look at what the Bible tells us about, uh, about a mind that is not submitted to the Lord, mm-hmm. that it's hostile to God. It can't right. submit to God. It can't, it, I mean, it cannot do it. Right. But the mind that is controlled by the spirit, there's life and there's peace. Mm. Right. And so, so man, what's, what's our aim? Our aim is to be led by the spirit of God. You, this has got to be our life lived with our children. It's not a moment in the week. It's not a moment on the weekend. It is our life lived with our children. It's got to be that our children begin to see how important this living faith is to us. If the man who said he is God and that he would rise again from the dead, did rise from the dead. You know what that means? That means he's God. And if that's true, that means that everything he said is true. You know what that also means? And this is what we were telling our kids this morning. That means that he is coming back. You will see him again. How often do you remind your kids that they are going to see Christ? It's like we get caught up in all of this world and we make this world the end. But for Christians, our hope is a living hope. We've been called to a living hope that this Jesus that we put our faith in for salvation is coming again. His reward is with him. Guys, we've got to take back the parenting role that God has given us. The intent was always that the gospel would proliferate first in the family. This promise is to you, to your children and those who are far off who the Lord will call. Will the great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Selena in Georgia. Hi, Selena. Hey, guys, how are y'all? Hello. Good. good. Hello. I'm sorry about my voice. It's a South Georgia allergies. Oh, that's okay. okay. Um, I was, was going to just suggest that the word, a word, one of the words you might be looking for when you were talking about the godness of God, I think that's the word you used, mm-hmm. Mickey, mm-hmm, might, mm-hmm. Be, might be uh, sovereignty. Amen. Um, I, Amen. I heard Adrian Rogers say a long time ago, he was preaching on the sovereignty of God, and I, I would—I didn't even know the definition of that way back then, but he explained it, and he said that that just means that God cannot be dethroned. He is. There's no one greater than him. There's no one above him. Amen. And I have to remind myself a lot of that lately, because when that fear and that concern starts coming out about, because I have six grandchildren, Mm-hmm. When I start worrying about their future and all that's going on in the world today, I just have to remind myself, they have no power over us. They have no mm-hmm. power over me. Mm-hmm. These evil Luciferian elites. Come on. Gonna, even if death comes to us, we still win. So, Amen. 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 Selena, God bless you. And I, I just encourage you, um, you're, you're a grandparent. Um, make that a verb. You know, show up in the life of your grandkids like and man, there is honor in that. There is a blessing in that, not only for them, but also for you. Let's try to squeeze in one more call. Will the great. All right. Let's go to Bethany in Arkansas. Hi, Bethany. Hello. How are you? Good. Well, I know you guys need quick, so I just want to let you know I. I received a call from my child's teacher today. It's a local um, public school. 
And he said some of the kids, a lot of the kids in the class wanted to watch the movie Hocus Pocus. And the teacher asked if I'd be okay with that. Well, I, I was like, thank you for, for asking me. Thank you. And I said, no, I'm not okay with that movie. I haven't really seen it, but I think it's about casting spells and turning kids into mm. something or eating kids. I, I can't remember. I just remember it's a messed up show. Yeah. And it's on Disney+. Plus. And um, I, I was thinking, yes, yes, I, I, I do have it. She said, well, I know it's rated PG-13. It has some words in it. Um, so I was just asking, and I was expecting her to say, well, you know, this movie is about testing spells on people and it's demonic, but or at least something to that matter. Never said anything about that. It was all about the PG-13 and the word. And I just didn't, I didn't know what to say. So I wow. Didn't say well, let me say this, Bethany. We got to run here, but glory to God that she called and you yeah. were able to intervene. Yes. Glory to God. We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.